This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with DNJ. and Jake. And we got your Cleveland Browns versus Houston Texans preview this week. Um, Jake, is nothing more exciting than talking about Baker Mayfield and his comments versus Hugh Jack- No, there's nothing more exciting than talking about a Browns <laughs> win, Jake. Um, they trounced Cincinnati, and now they're on to the Houston Texans, who are coming off a big Monday night comeback win. Um, your thoughts just looking back at the Bengals game, of course we're going to get to Baker Mayfield and his comments and preview the Texans game, but just how did you feel Browns scoring their first four possessions, man, and uh, kind of took their foot off gas in the second half, but definitely got a 15-point victory on the road in division. Yeah, D, I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. We haven't had a, uh, a game where you had an easy win for the Cleveland Browns since, I don't remember. So uh, that's kind of the way I felt. It was, you know, zoom, zoom, zoom right down the field in the first half. Like you said, the first four possessions, scoring touchdowns, Baker Mayfield looked great. Uh, Now a lot of that is the banged up uh, defense of the Bengals that we talked about in the previous show before. Um, But at the same time, you got to still make the plays. And uh, Baker Mayfield uh, looked very good. Uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, the average wasn't there for the yards, but, you know, he caught some balls out of the backfield, one for a touchdown, and uh, got the job got the job done. Uh, you know, another game over 100 yards of total offense. Uh, this team is, uh, is trending in the right direction, and you know what? For the first time in a long time, we, I don't think we make the playoffs, but we're playing some meaningful football going into December, and, you know, that's step one to what I wanted to see from these Cleveland Browns. I mean, that's what we've been praying for for the last three years, um, the meaningful games in December. I'll tell you this, the Nick Chubb catch off the helmet, um, I, I didn't know he could catch the ball out of the backfield, you know what I'm saying, as well as he's proven this year. And I just think that shows good things seeing the Brown scouting department see somebody like that, and we see that develop and manifest itself um, during the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll have to look up the number here, but I think he had like three catches in his entire career at Georgia. It, it was, it's incredible what he's been able to do. I didn't know he had it in him either. And, uh, you know, it looks like John Dorsey uh, hit a home run again by trading Carlos Hyde and opening up touches for Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. And let's uh, give some, some credit also to Freddie Kitchens in the way uh, he's utilizing his, uh, his weapons on the field. First of all, shout out to all the Browns fans who came out the woodworks from the corners of Kentucky and Southern Ohio. And if you made the trip down there to Cincinnati, you know, to be in the jungle because that crowd was rocking for the Browns. Um, shout out to Mechadon. But the other thing that I noticed was the Browns were actually catching the ball. When we talk about that, you know, four possessions, you know, and the defense played well too, but the Browns were actually catching the ball. And I'm talking about Callaway and Joku. And the extra effort played by Njoku and also the whole offensive line between Shredder and everybody else that had to push him into the end zone because he, he, in his own words, took that terrible leap of faith. Yeah, um, I just looked up the stats on uh, Nick Chubb. He had four catches his senior year, five catches his uh, junior year, four his sophomore year, and actually had 18 catches in his freshman year. So his freshman year was his number one catch year. So uh, 31 catches in his entire college career over four years. So uh, he's definitely uh, added to his game since. And not to go back to my indictments of Mark Rick and the Georgia program at that time, we stand back on our all-college football <laughs> playoff show. But uh, uh, just so you know, you know, I just wanted to take that victory lap real quick. But yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. 
Uh, yeah, overall, this team is, like you said, it's playing, it's playing good football, man. Um, defensively, they're getting after it, uh, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward has been everything we've hoped he could be. He's already one of the top shutdown quarterbacks in the league. Um, you're getting, uh, you know, guy Miles Garrett's doing the job, getting pressure on the ball. The linebackers are showing out. Joe Schobert has uh, been great all season when he's been healthy. And, uh, you know, even the special teams have, have been pretty solid uh, throughout the season. So, I mean, we had the issues with the kicking game early in the year, but it seems like we've kind of figured that out with uh, Joseph. And, uh, it, like I said, it's, it's exciting to be playing some uh, December football that means something for once, and we're not looking at mock drafts and trying to figure out who we're going to take with the number one pick. Now, the sideshow does continue, though, sadly, somewhat, um, and it's no fault of his. I just think he's um, the latest media lightning rod slash uh, darling. Um, you know, you get you get Baker Mayfield is, a, is becoming a star in the league with the way that he's playing on the field, but also with his personality. And people know if you scratch this guy, he's going to come back at you with a full fist. So um, we know what happened with ESPN first takes, Damian Woody. Um, you know, this cowherd stuff earlier in the year. Um, and basically a lot of media pundits who took umbrage with Baker's comments talking about Hugh Jackson postgame, the whole way that they tried to make whether or not his handshake and, and all that stuff, Jake, um, you saw it play out. How did you feel about, you know, the whole Baker drama? Well, he's the quarterback, so he's going to get the most attention. I, I thought the the biggest uh, moment was uh, Randall going over after the interception, handing Hugh the ball, and Hugh being oblivious enough, as we all know him to be oblivious, to actually take the ball and pat our player on the head. It was uh, just a perfect uh, microcosm of what Hugh Jackson is, I thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about Baker. Do I love it? No, probably not. I don't necessarily need that for my quarterback, um, but, you know, I, I I don't hate it either. I like that the guy has an edge. I like that he uh, is a fiery guy, and uh, that goes a long way in the locker room. Um, I think in, over time he'll probably tone it down a little bit, but uh, for right now it, it seems to be working for him, and uh, until it doesn't work for him, then – I guess I'm okay with it. I, I don't remember another quarterback that does it like that. Maybe Jim McMahon uh, comes to mind, but uh, even, you know, the guys who I think of when I think of Baker, as far as just the improv- improvisation and um, uh, just uh, the the fiery type of quarterback, like maybe a Brett Favre, even those guys really didn't talk a lot uh, of, of you know, at least – weren't covered as being someone who talks a lot of trash. But uh, I'm okay with it for now, and if that gets him moving and keeps his fire lit, then uh, keep doing it, Baker. He's already got the headband, so all he needs is the sunglasses and the wristbands. Yeah, um, you know, you're right. Talk Jimmy Mack. Yes, a, good, a Goodell headband. <laughs> yeah, oh, a yeah. Jackson headband. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll say this quite simply. Um First of all, I don't understand why people are so passionate on the side against Baker and also for Hugh Jackson. That just doesn't make any sense to me, considering the way everything played out. I'm rolling with the guy who won four games for us this year, Jake, 
and not the guy who lost us 36 in the last three years. So, I mean, it's quite simply, <laughs> I don't sure. care what this guy says, because this guy has made me a believer. So this guy, and the thing is, like you said, you don't love it or hate it, because the statement wasn't anything that was, one, untrue, or two, that bad. He didn't disparage the guy personally. You know what I'm saying? He just said the guy's on a different sideline. We all know it's weird to see a coach, and I said this before on another podcast, uh, you know, it, it's it's weird to see the guy who used to coach you directly two weeks later on a different sideline. Usually you wait a year for that, you know, and you get that separation of time that, you know, hey, yeah, you can go over, get a guy handshake, maybe have something to talk about. Like, you know, there's nothing to talk about when you were, you know, just here two weeks ago. So um, it's just a weird situation. And I, I just think it's funny. The Browns are actually, you know, relevant on a couple of levels, especially with their rookie quarterback with, you know, Let's just face it, John Dorsey hitting it out of the park with three impactful players in the first round and that second round pick, which somebody brought up the point that was the Brock Osweiler trade. So even though they gave up $16 million over the next four years with Chubb's rookie contract, it looks like that thing's going to pay out way more dividends than Osweiler's great preseason um, or lack thereof. So we, we look at it from those standpoints, once again, I don't care anybody that has a problem with whatever's going on with the Cleveland Browns outside of Cleveland because they just weren't here to go through the bad parts. So if you want to take Hugh Jackson's side, hey, that's your right, that's your opinion. But in my opinion, you're dead wrong because you didn't have to sit here and watch two losing seasons and this guy almost mess up this season where they could have probably got off to a better start. Yeah, and what uh, is the telltale for me is that his offensive coordinator came out and backed him up. And the bottom line is, these players around him, they want to go to war for him. And as long as that's the case uh, and he's got the, the team on his shoulders, uh, I'm going to be okay with just about anything he does uh, up to and including uh, taking people out uh, in the media, especially the exactly. ones that deserve it. No doubt, no doubt. Um, it's, it's funny, you bring up Freddie Kitchens and his comments, back and Baker up um, 100%. I mean, I think that guy knows where his bread's buttered and probably didn't think he'd be getting a job in Cincinnati if he had to leave the Browns um, this offseason. So um, that was a smart – that's just a smart business move on his part to me. Um, and let's get to this Browns coaching speculation because um, Bruce Arians, who's lobbying for this job hard, who will also be doing the Texans hard. Team, so it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> how he um, covers the Browns, if he can uh, do it objectively, you know, from the booth. Um, without saying how much he wants the job and how exciting the Browns are. Um, he said he would keep both Freddie Kitchens and Greg Williams if Greg Williams' 24 job offers in the league, you know, he chose to stay with stay within Berea. Yeah, Bruce Arians is like, is like that emoji with the hearts in his, their eyes, you know, <laughs> the little kiss throwing off, you know, that's what I think of Bruce Arians with maybe a little bit of a hat too, but uh, yeah, he's definitely, I've never seen uh, a, a former coach who's now broadcaster just openly during broadcast, um, just um, <clears throat> completely uh uh, shill, I guess, for the job of being the head, next head coach for one specific team. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of flattered about it because this doesn't happen as the Cleveland Browns very often, uh, especially a guy who's had success in this league like Bruce Arians. And he's saying the right things because I think you and I both agree that the one thing this team has lacked in a lot of the troubles has been continuity. And to have that consistency in offensive and defensive systems, uh, 
there's there's nothing more confusing and, and hurtful for a team than to have to you know relearn over and over again a different offensive and de- different defensive systems you know it's, we've made the comparison it's like learning a new language every two years uh and not only that you got to forget the old language you know so it's not like just learning a new language you got to forget the old stuff too and uh, I, I think that uh that's music to my ears when i hear that sort of stuff and you know greg williams has done a great job let's see what happens with that but uh, i think john dorsey would be uh, would be foolish not to consider Bruce Arians for this job and would also, uh, as far as the keeping that continuity, I think that makes a lot of sense from what we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this, man. When it comes to Bruce Arians, he's doing two things that are going to help the Browns regardless. If he gets the job, it's going to be, to me and you both, which we, we you know, just have an affinity, it's going to be Kangos everywhere, and it's going to be, I think, a perfect marriage for what the Browns need right now. If he doesn't get the job, he's making the job more attractive, saying how much he wants the job. So, to me, the guy's helping us in, in both ways um, to be able to find the next coach, and we know there's going to be some job openings out there, um, just the way the season's going for other people, probably not in Cincinnati, but everywhere else where people have smart ownership and are going to be moving in new directions. I will say this. Um, Where do you see, I mean, we hear the Josh McDaniel speculation. I want no parts of that guy because I don't want somebody who didn't want us at our worst and now wants to get in when the thing looks like it's turning around here. Um, And then also, too, the job that Greg Williams is doing, which we're not hearing, you know, get me a fucking lozenge right now. We're hearing more of a stately Greg Williams who seems has the – brought the team discipline, also is given great press conferences post and pregame. And I guess it's easy when you're winning. But even in the game, you know, I mean, the guy just seems to have taken to this role of coach. And maybe this guy was, didn't have all these uh, job offers out there, Jake, because the guy seems to be doing well as the head coach for these last two games. No, you need to get me a throat lozenge this morning. But, uh, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of – the one thing I appreciate with Greg Williams is – that he's going to speak from his heart. He's going to come off the cuff and he doesn't have to watch the tape to give you a comment. You know, <laughs> that was my biggest, I guess everybody's biggest pet peeve with you is, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I got to watch the tape, got to watch the tape, got to watch the tape. And uh, Greg Williams is very refreshing in that way. Uh, and is doing a great job. There's no doubt about it. Now, uh, is he the long-term solution? I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, time will tell on that. One thing I do know is I want zero part of Josh McDaniels. None. Uh, that guy, I just he's phony. Uh, we've seen what he did with uh, Indianapolis. You know, the moment something goes bad here, I feel like he would bail. Uh, you know, let him just stay in New England and, and take over for Bill Belichick when he's ready. Uh, he's not that big of a genius, and uh, there's plenty of competent coaches and the NFL and, and to, to try to hitch your wagon to someone who has shown that he's a two face uh, multiple times, uh, it would be a step backwards. And that would be very reminiscent of what the Browns used to represent and not with these new Browns now with Baker Mayfield are. I agree with that. As we look towards this um, Texans game, Jake, they come in with the eighth overall defense, the big comeback victory on Monday night, eight straight wins uh, when we talk about number eight. Um, 
And, of course, they got the one guy who we kind of liked in the draft that year, Deshaun Watson, quarterback of them O, and some guy that wears 99 who's pretty good with 11 and a half sacks this year, um, J.J. Watt, and uh, also five forced fumbles and 17 quarterback hits. Uh, we know that Baker Mayfield has not been hit. Um, you think about this defense, we know they're going to be coming after them. And how do you see this game playing out for the Browns with the offense, hopefully that – Prepared well last week against live action, you know, with the off week. Now they get the Texans on a short week. The offense should be able to do something against this defense, even though they are so uh, very uh, aggressive. Yeah, they're playing great football, and here we go. We're playing another team with a quarterback that we could have had, and, you know, it, it hurts a little bit less now that uh, Baker's our guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you talk about Deshaun Watson – you got to talk about Lamar Miller too, and what he's been able to do this year. I mean, the guy was left for dead, and he's been left for dead at parts of this season as well. Coming off a 12 carry, 162 yard game against Tennessee with a touchdown. Uh, and the other thing to keep in mind too is you got to watch Deshaun Watson's legs. I mean, again, nine carries for 70 yards last week uh, on Monday Night Football. They've got lots of weapons, obviously, with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Demarius Thomas coming over from Denver, uh, even Kiki Cote uh, is starting to emerge a little bit as a, as a rookie wide receiver. And we'll see what he can do if he's healthy. Uh, and you mentioned the defense and uh, what they're able to do as well, getting pressure to the quarterback. And I think Baker has matured even during the season, as far as being able to roll out and being able to throw on the run and get out of the pocket uh, I think watching last night and what happened with Dallas and New Orleans and the mighty Drew, Drew Brees is, you know, it's what AC says all the time, pressure bursts pipes, you know. So uh, you got to find a way to keep Baker clean, and whether that's, you know, moving the pocket or whether that's committing uh, a running back to stopping a blitz, uh, double-teaming J.J. Watt or whatever you got to do, you're going to have to give him a little bit of time and be creative and, uh, figure out ways to, uh, to to maximize your opportunity on offense. And at the same time, defensively, you're probably going to have to commit a spy to Deshaun Watson, I think, to, to keep him uh, from running on you. And that takes one guy away from coverage. So they're a tricky team to play for sure. And uh, it, we're going to have our hands full. But uh, I think this team's up for the challenge. And it's going to be it's going to go a long way to, I think, showing us where they're exactly at. Because this isn't a Houston team that is, you know, the mighty New England Patriots are even being considered right now, I don't think, as a, you know, as a Super Bowl favorite or even a Super Bowl uh, probable. So I, I think it is a good test for the Browns right now just to kind of really see where we are. Because last week, yeah, you beat the Bengals. Uh, you, you pretty, but they had a lot of motivation, like we said in the preview show with you there. Let's see how they come out with the week uh, after that. A little bit of a letdown maybe spot here and uh, have to go on the on the road and uh, and take on a tough team. Yeah, I think about that defense, and it's not merciless, clowny, the names that you know that really um, stick out to me. Justin Reed has three interceptions, the safety. And I think about um, Benedict McKinney and, and Zach Cunningham, you know, the old anchor down Vanderbilt product that was a high prospect in the draft. Um, 
those two linebackers and that safety have been really making an impact. Now it's real easy when you got that push coming up front from the guys that you know the names that you know. But these guys are you know really you know playing good football. Eighty combined tackles from those linebackers. So I think this is a game where we really need to see Duke Johnson have an impact. Um, of course, Nick Chubb in the running game and maybe also in the passing game as we were talking about you know uh, his emergence. Uh, I just think the Browns are going to have to get a little more sophisticated in what they do offensively yeah. to help Baker out so that he's not standing back there trying to do five or six, seven-step drops to, you know, let the routes develop. This is not one of those kind of games. He's going to need to dink and dunk and be as accurate as he possibly can. Because as long as you're moving the ball on that defense, they don't get a rhythm uh, to what they want to do to pressure you. So um, you talk about the pressure busting pipes, I think that's a big thing. And then also, too, Jay, this, you talked about the special team. Joseph's going to be huge in this game. We're inside a dome. Lord knows we should make kicks in there, not to bring up what happened week two. But they need to get good special teams play, and they also need the defense to step up and get some of those turnovers that we saw in the early season games um, that didn't really lead to wins. This is the time. So they really need a full all-out effort from all three phases, and I think – if they – you talked about this being a good measuring stick game. If they can somehow, even if they lose closely, but definitely win close or even going away, I think this is the game that vaults the Browns really into something that can take on a new level of this culture change and everything else going into next year. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but this is the one that I think that really makes us all step up and say, okay, we really do have something here. It's not just us getting overhyped as we're easy to do as Browns fans. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, if they find a way to win this game, you're gonna, we're all going to sit back and say, whoa, maybe we got something here. Because uh, this is definitely a team that is uh, going in the right direction. Uh, in, in the Houston Texans, they're, like you said, eight wins in a row. Uh, they're peaking right now. And uh, to go into their place, and especially with our road record, after we just broke the longest road losing streak in NFL history, uh, to be able to back that up and be able to do it in a way where you're coming off an emotional win, uh, I think it would uh, it would speak volumes to where this team is. And you know what? I'm not going to get too down if they go in there and they lay a clunker because uh, you know I at the end of the day I know we got our quarterback, I know we got our running back, and uh, I know that this team is going in the right direction for once since 1999. All right, not asking you how you're betting, but we always want to go to the score prediction. The point spread has the Houston Texans favorite almost by a touchdown, six and a half. Um, I'll tell you right now, Jake, I like the Browns winning this one. I think it's going to be a close one, but I like them winning 28-24 in Houston. Oh, also, too, Jake, we got two guys who, you know, did a lot of playing in Texas with Miles Garrett returning close to College Station is probably the closest he's going to get. And then also, of course, I mean, we know with Baker Mayfield, as he had to explain how he left Texas Tech to get to Oklahoma this past week, um, might like it playing in Texas as well. Yeah, you know, I, I look at this spot, and, and this is this is one where I, I think the the – I don't want to say immaturity, but the lack of uh, uh, developed um, – winning attitude kind of will show here. It's going to be tough to go and finish the job. I, I like this team to compete, but in the end of the day, uh, to go uh, go on the road and win this type of game. And don't forget, we're always playing against the officials too, and that has a big part to do with it. But uh, I think we'll probably come up just a little bit short. But, again, I think we're going to see this team continue to go in the right direction, even though uh, I, I think they they lose it in a close one. You know, maybe 24-21 or 
28-24, something like that. But, uh, I, hey, I hope, I, the NFL, anything can happen, and uh, I hope I'm wrong on that, but uh, that's, uh, I'll go with that for right now. You brought up Thursday night's game um, with the Saints. They got caught after their win streak. Maybe the Browns catch the Houston Texans after this eight-game win streak. Maybe they're just due for a loss as well as the Browns just getting, you know, coming off a big win in that short week. And also, too, we know it was an emotional week, Jake, just with the passing of their owner, Bob McNair, uh, the guy who bought the franchise to Houston and built this NRG stadium there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you hate to say it, but, it seems like the case in my history of watching sports. When someone close to you dies, you usually step up and end up winning that game or having a big performance. And, you know, I'm sure there was some of that as well for Bob there. So they're uh, definitely on an emotional roller coaster as well. Yeah, it's the NFL, man. If they win this game, it's, it's, it's all bets off. This is, we're ready to go. I think we're ready to roll and close out this season on a win streak. All right, Jake, we talking betting, man. You do a lot of uh, NFL and college and a little bit of everything in between, man. So drop that plug for everybody. Yeah, uh, myself and Mike Young of CG Technology, uh, sports analyst and uh, gaming integrity analyst. Uh, we're going to be – we record a podcast each week, Everything Degenerate Nation, or we'll at least put out an article if we can't get to the podcast. But uh, this week, big week in betting. You got uh, the NCAA uh, – football championship week and uh nfl this is getting into a crunch time so a lot of fun the line uh, like you mentioned for the browns is six and a half the buckeyes uh they got a big one coming up against northwestern they're gonna have to really break break the the, the spread on this one 14 and a half you're looking at for the northwestern game and they're gonna have to make a wisconsin type statement uh, to get into the college football playoffs. We'll be talking all about that and uh, the best bets and trends and info for your gambling weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it. Um, and you know we're excited and uh, 100% behind Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you're not what, – what kind of Browns fan are you, but not calling anybody out, but I'm calling you out. So, as always, go Browns, and we will talk at you next time. All right. Early.